0: Well, as you can see, uh, this is not Wayne. <laughs> this is my son, Jackson. He is uh, was able to make it back up here uh, this weekend. He has uh, not been able to be with us this fall so far because of marching band and the commitment to that, uh, which is just about over, and then he'll be able to join us back again, praise him more often, but he's stepping in to help fill in for Wayne. Uh, today is Wayne's birthday, and he is taking a little break, very deserved break, because he works very hard at... Uh, being our praise team leader, so Wayne, if you are watching, happy birthday, brother! And uh, yes, he is 493 years old.
1: <laughs>
0: probably feels that way. He probably does. <laughs> but uh, I'd like to welcome you all here today to Haven, and uh, you know, this is uh, this is a good place. If you're new here today, we definitely like to welcome you. Um, you know, I hope you hope you enjoy your stay with us today. So for right now let's get up on our feet we're going to worship the Lord a little bit first song is, uh, is just about that let it rise you know so you are rising right out of that seat onto your feet. Let's have a little fun today.
2: Let the glory of the Lord rise among us Let the glory of the Lord. Rise among us, let the praises of the King, rise among us, let it rise. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us, let the glory of the Lord rise among us, let the praises of the King rise among us, let it rise. Let the songs of the Lord rise among us. Let the songs of the Lord rise among us. Let the joy of the King rise among us. Let it rise. Rise among us, let the songs of the Lord rise among us, let the joy of the King rise among us, let it rise. songs of the Lord rise among us. Let the songs of the Lord rise among us. Let the joy of the King rise among us.
1: Let it rise.
0: We love Jesus. Amen. Amen. All the way, every day. Right. Next song: Only a God like You. For the praises of man, I will never, ever stand. For the kingdoms of this world, I will never give my heart away or shout my praise, my allegiance and devotion, my heart's desire and all emotion, go to serve the man who died upon that tree. Amen. Amen. One,
2: two, three, four. For the praises of man, I will never. and all my hope and faith to only a king of all kings do I bow my knee and sing in my everything to only my maker my father my savior redeemer restorer rebuilder rewarder to only a God like you do I give my praise And all my hope and faith To only a king of all kings Do I bow my knee and sing give my everything To only my maker My father, my savior Redeemer, restorer Rebuilder, rewarder To only a God like you Do I give my praise
3: Morning, Haven Community Church. Hi, it's good to see everybody this morning on this nice crisp fall day. I'm glad that you're joining us. If you're our visitor with us today, we welcome you. And if you got one of those little cards when you came in, please uh, fill that out. Either drop it in the offering plate or stop outside. We've got a small gift for you for attending today. So we've got a bunch of announcements today. You've got your sheets, but I'm going to go through them in a little bit of detail today. Um, First of all, next week, if you are interested in becoming a member of Haven Community Church, next week is our Haven 101 class. So you can either sign up out in the Bell Cafe or you can let me know, um, or you can just show up. And if you just want to find out more about the church but you're not sure you want to become a member, uh, that's good, too. So mark that for next week. Um, Second thing is trunk or treat. Um, Mark your calendars. Kids, fun, fun, fun. November 1st um, here at our church. You can take a look at the announcement there, but the Sunday school is hosting a trunk or treat event. You can bring costumes. Uh, there are going to be prizes. There are going to be all kinds of different things going on there. Um, take a look at that real, real uh, carefully and, and uh, plan to be there for that. Tonight is the Pears Foundation, correct? Yep. So if you're planning for that and also uh, November 16th, mark your calendar for the next one. Um, we're fortunate today to have Mike with us. So we'll hear a little bit more. Where is Mike? There he is. Uh, So Mike will talk with us a little bit later. Uh, Mike Brandon from the Paris Foundation, so we're welcome here for him. Um, And Judy, you want to make a quick announcement here? Actually, let me give you one more while you're coming up. Um, There's a a work day. Monarch Ministries has got a building down that they've been made access to on 117 East uh, Cecil Avenue. They're going to be having a work day, cleanup day, next uh, Saturday at 9 o'clock if you want to plug into that uh, either come see me or talk to Shelly Borley. That'd be great. Good morning. Uh, I just want to remind all you ladies that this Thursday night, the 23rd, is our Dining for Women. It's a uh, fall masquerade ball that we're having. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'd like for all you ladies to come. We have so much fun. We have games. We have prizes. And we're going to have a little contest if you dress up don't have to dress up, but it's at seven o'clock at my house. If you don't know where I live, just give me a holler and I'll tell you. Great. Okay. One last announcement. Today, believe it or not, is the start of our Operation Christmas Child program. Does it feel like Christmas is that close? But <laughs> It doesn't, but it is because uh, those of you, how many of you have participated in Operation Christmas Child in the past? Okay. Yes. So it's, uh, we're going to show you a video here in a second, but our church has participated in, I think, since we started up, maybe a year after we did, and it's a great opportunity to be able to put together a box, a shoebox that will be sent to some child, worthy child, and Liz has got an example here. Um, you know, we basically, we've got packets out out in the hallway, and uh, Liz, you want to say anything about this? No, she doesn't? Okay. <laughs> She came up here and she looked like she was ready to talk. so anyway, no, but see, they have boxes that are Operation Christmas Child, but they also have boxes like this, which are great. You can get them at the dollar store, and uh, they can use them to move water and things like that. So it's putting together a box that will, might be the only gift these children get. So um, we have 20 dollars 20 bu- $20 in there. So um, it, we have a table out, outside, but this video is going to tell you a little bit more, but before we, we show the video. Last year, we, our church provided 100 boxes, and we're setting the goal a little bit higher this year. We'd like to get at least 110 boxes this year. So, pray about that and pray for these children that will be getting these boxes. And uh, let's take a look at the video.
1: Operation Christmas Child is one of the great stories that's unfolding in our lifetime.
4: I want the children of the world to know. I want their parents to know that God loves them and He wants them to be with Him in heaven. That's what it's all about. Every single box is important because it
5: connects two hearts: the heart of the person who packs the box and the heart who is in need of that love.
6: When I look at these boxes, I just see thousands of smiling kids.
1: I think it's. An awesome opportunity to change the world. We have led the children from the box to the Bible.
4: We developed the greatest journey, a 12-week discipleship program for the kids that make decisions for Christ.
1: I'm so excited that I'm part of a ministry that is so huge.
5: Thank you! This is just so awesome to give these children the opportunity to experience the love of Christ in a way that they've never experienced before in their lives.
3: We are only seeing just the beginning of this project because the Lord he's got something that is beyond our imagination into the millions and into the billions and these children
4: will change the world these are kids that have nothing these gifts will mean everything in the world to these children and we're going to give them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ
3: So um, go out after church. Check out, uh, pick up a packet. Go online, um, participate. We'd love to have you join us. Uh, One last thing: I'm supposed to be passing on this trunk or treat sign up. We still need some more help, so I'm going to pass that around. And then Judy wanted to correct the time for hers at six thirty, instead of seven. Prayer time.
6: morning i saw you playing the, okay it worked it's the time of our service that we bring our prayer needs to um, the congregation and to the lord of course and uh, we would encourage you to make use of these forms that are on the back two tables back there and in the, in the sanctuary and that allows us to uh Make things run a little more smoothly when we do this, and also allows them to have it in writing when they're placing it on our prayer request line. I have a praise this morning. I'm sure we have more than one praise, but we have one praise in writing, and that comes from Jen Wilcox, um, who's very excited because the Perryville Marching Band took first place at two competitions yesterday. I know I saw Facebook this morning, and there's probably somebody from Northeast who would like to say something, but you didn't write it down. <laughs> so for prayer request, a uh, request has been uh, put in for Robin Hildebrand, who's ill this morning. We want to remember her in prayer. And uh, Manuel Fraser has asked for prayer. Uh, the Lord knows the need there. Rhonda has asked for prayer for Barb, who's battling cancer, and for Dusty, who's going to be having an MRI this week. And the Dutton family is going to be moving into their new home in the next couple of weeks, so they're very excited, and they would like us to pray for them. She says finances are tight and emotions are high. Isn't that always the way it goes when you get a new house? And June has asked for prayer for Patty, who had to have one of her dogs uh, euthanized this week and was one that she was very close to and uh, she's very upset about that so we would like to remember her we need to remember that God cares about everything in our life from having to have a dog uh, euthanized to finances to employment to family relationships all of those things matter to him there's nothing too small and trivial or nothing that's too big for him let's go to the Lord this morning in prayer Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to come together to pray. We thank you that you've told us in your word that we are to bear one another's burdens. And that, that is why we're here this morning. Father, we think of the things that you've done in our life, and we want to give you praise and thanksgiving. And a lot of times it's hard for us to remember that we are not the things that we have done in our past, but we are a new creature in you. And help us to remember that you have removed those things from our life and have forgiven them and have forgotten them, and they are as far as the east is from the west. So we thank you and praise you for that. We praise you, Father, that you have brought us all together this morning, that we have the opportunity in this country that we can come together and worship you. Help us never to take that for granted. Father, we've heard this morning of people who are having uh, Problems with cancer and having um, medical tests this week, and others who have lost uh, pets this week, and for others who have uh, illnesses that are keeping them from worshiping with us this morning. And we pray that you'll be with each one of those situations, that you'll give doctors um, knowledge as they work with these patients to know exactly what the best care and treatment is. We pray, Father, for our nation, the things that we see every day on the news and read in our papers and they cause us to be troubled politically and medically and um, problems with wars. We pray, Father, that you will um, intervene on behalf of your people and on behalf of this country. And Father, we pray that this will become a time that we will be more encouraged to pray for our nation. And remember that you have admonished us to pray for those in uh, leadership over us. We pray, Father, that you'll be with us as we go through this week, that you will have us leave here today encouraged and emboldened to go out and be better Christians and better people for you. We pray that as we give our tithes and offerings this morning, that you will bless them and that you will bless the gift and the giver. And we pray that as Mike shares the words that you have given him this morning, that we will be able to pay full attention. There will not be distractions, and he will not be hindered from uh, proclaiming the words. And we ask all of these things in thy name. Amen.
0: All right, usually uh offering time songs kind of a little more on the downbeat style side. And you know, I think it's because we usually kind of, you know, we take our... Little joys and prayers time, and you know, kind of brings us a little more on the psalm side, and we kind of think about things, and we pass the plate around, and take some money, but not today. You know, I had a I had a song picked out originally uh, for this week that was that, and it was you know kind of a retrospective style song, but God was I think kind of telling me that it just wasn't what we needed today. So everybody get up on your feet. That's not what we're doing. We're singing for joy today, so let's let's kind of keep that joy going with this feel of what the Lord has for us. All right, one two.
2: If we call to
0: You may be seated. Now Jack obviously is away this weekend, as you have probably noticed by now. And we do have a guest speaker with us today, uh Mike Brandon, uh who we've had here uh with us before. Uh, great speaker. We look forward to hearing from him. so uh oh we got somebody else to what else you got for us. So we got some other things coming up here first. So, so. Oh scripture time, sorry. Well, after scripture Mike will be talking with us. <laughs>
4: But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said this to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God.
5: Well, good morning. If you're glad you're here, say amen. amen. I noticed uh, some of my fellow AARPers really getting their praise on this morning, and so I'm thankful that I can at least raise one of those hands, and sometimes I can get them both in the air. Um, I- I'm always amazed that it seems to be um, those of us who were children of the 60s uh, still have that Im- implant. It's still there, and we're not afraid to, to, to get it on now that we're doing it for the Lord. Amen. And the rest of you, you'll get there someday. I'm going to borrow a music stand here, if I may, just to get a place to rest my stuff without messing everybody else's stuff up. And um, invite you, if you have your scripture with you, to to look at the passage here in in Luke 14. I, I apologize. I don't have a large print NIV. That's why I'm carrying this big suitcase around. It's my large print. Even with these guys, it doesn't help much feel like I'm speaking to the senior citizens club today, but um, those are the things that happen at, at a season in life, um, but you can follow along. You have the, uh, the passage in, in your bulletin as well in Luke 14. Um, pay it back or pay it forward. Think about that for just a moment. We, um, in my generation, we were taught when somebody did for you, you look for an opportunity to do for them. I grew up on a city block in in a city. I grew up with with neighbors, and uh, I had house parents all up and down the block. And uh, if I messed up down the block, um, I heard it from my friend's mom, and when I got home, I really heard it from my mom. They had a grapevine, but long before, there were cell phones. By the time I got home from the other end of the block, my mom knew all about what had happened. She knew that I had ridden my bike through somebody's tomato garden, and I was going to have to just leave my bike set up for a while. They knew. Um, But what we have today is a a situation where we find ourselves still obligated, still feeling guilty if we don't, in certain circumstances, find a way to repay what someone has done for us. Now, that is the way of the world. As we see in the beginning of the passage, the first part that Jesus teaches about the the parable is, In 7, he says, and he put forth a parable to those which were bidden, those who were guests at the feast where he was. Jesus was on um, enemy turf. If you read the beginning of the chapter, you'll see he was there with the Pharisees. He was on enemy turf. And um, he never shied away from that, and he never shied away from the truth. And while he was there, he observed something about human nature that I think we can all relate to. And it says that he marked or he noticed those that were Guess how they were jockeying for position to get the best seats. Now, the best seats would have been in that culture, would have been those closest to the person giving the feast, to the main man, to the boss, to the host. Before we get into this, I think we, we just take a moment and we're going to pray that the Lord will open our hearts and minds for what he has for us today. Would you join me? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to look into your word with my brothers and sisters today. I thank you for this place that you've raised up. But more importantly, I thank you for this body, the church that you have raised up to impact this community, and I thank you for each and every one. And I pray that as we look into the word today, Father, as brothers and sisters in Christ, that you truly would open our hearts and minds to understand and give us that understanding by your Holy Spirit that we might be more like Christ when we leave than when we entered in. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus observed these folks and he says, when thou art bidden of any man to a wedding or to a feast, don't go and sit down in that spot closest to the boss. Don't go kind of edge your way up to the front of the line. Go and sit in the back and wait for the host to invite you to come forward. Why? Because if you jockey for those seats up front, the the host may come at some point and say, "Um, excuse me, that's reserved for someone here. I need you to take a seat in the back. What happens? You're embarrassed. You may even have experienced something like that. I think somewhere in life we have a similar situation and we find ourselves kind of slinking off and going, oh, wow, that's a... And sometimes, I mean, I've seen people actually leave. You know, they just, they were there for their own purposes, for their own reason, for their own agenda. And it's one of the things at the Paris Foundation that we try to teach. We try to teach this principle of, of... real humility. I was going to say voluntary humility, but then that wouldn't make sense because it's not really humility if we're in charge of it, but accepting and allowing God to work. How do we do that? Well, first of all, how many of you uh, have served at one time or another with us at the Paris Fund? Just raise your hand for a second. I want to thank you as an ambassador of Jesus Christ, as Paul says, I want to thank you in his name for your service to our community. And invite you to connect with Bonnie, there's still time, because as was mentioned, tonight's Haven's Night at the Paris Foundation to serve. Now, I I told Bonnie on the way in, I said, this is kind of the only time I get to hang out with you guys, because Sunday night is the only night that normally I'm not there. We serve dinner seven nights a week, plus Sunday lunch. I'm blessed to be able to have our Board President, Bob and cover lunch today for me because that's usually my Sunday morning ministry to go in, set up, conduct the lunch, clean up, and set things up for the evening. And then I go, and then we have our, our house church that I pastor. Uh, that meets on Sunday nights. But otherwise, I'm there. So I feel bad because you have such a great group. When I see the log sheets, when I come in on Monday mornings after you've served, I see all these names. I see Haven, 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 Haven on the sheet. And I'm excited that God's doing that kind of work in your midst. I'm excited that you're going to be serving here in your own community with, with uh, Pastor Meekins and others. And it's, it's exciting to see the body of Christ at work in the community putting into to, to practice the principles of the Scripture. But there are folks... Even in the church, I say the church, the body of Christ, even in the church who practice the way of the world, because the way of the world is to elbow your way to the front of the line to make sure you get what you deserve. Oh, my, be careful. <laughs> because God sees what we deserve a little differently than we do, doesn't it? One of the things we encourage folks to do when they come into our facility <clears throat> for the evening meal is to, uh, to sign the guest book, so that we have a record of how many folks have been there. Again, just so that we can be accountable to those who support us financially, so they know that we're actually doing what we've set out to do. Um, Folks can come in about a half hour before the meal and they can sign in, they can get a coffee or an iced tea, they can mingle, they can use the restroom, cool off, warm up, whatever the case may be. And just spend some time relaxing and stepping away from the trials and tribulation of life on the street. Promptly at the hour, we gather folks together, we make our brief announcements, we kind of give a little orientation for someone that might be new with us, and then we pray and we remind them that what we do, we do in Christ's name. Because it's not about the Paris Foundation, it's about the Lord Jesus Christ. So once we've set the bar, we now have to live up to that bar during that hour that we serve. Now I know I don't always, sometimes I'll get in the flesh, sometimes I'll let a little a little burr under my saddle get to me. But I've also got to let folks know that I love them. That's why I'm there. You know, at, at 62, I'm not chasing the dream. You know, I, st- I chased the dream for a long time and found out it was a nightmare. I love just being able to serve God and serve His people. Um, there is no greater joy, as we'll see. Um, the, the rewards are eternal. But the way of the world is the way of selfishness. And so, so many of the folks that come to us have experienced the way of the world. And they're used to living the way of the world. They're used to, to being concerned. If I don't get to the head of the line, there might not be any left when I get there. And sadly, in many cases and in many situations, that is their reality. But we're not the world. Can I get an amen? amen. I'm thinking I might preach this morning. I don't know. I don't know. It must have been that Guatemala coffee I had this morning. Amen. Ours is not the way of the world. And what we want to do is we want to model and demonstrate and teach that you can trust God all the time. God is faithful. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what we read in the Scripture and how he ministered and how he provided is the exact same way that he ministers and provides today through us, the body of Christ. Through us, the body of Christ. The resources have been entrusted to us. The opportunities have been presented to us. It is for us then to be obedient. It is for us then to trust God. Bonnie, I, I know on so many occasions when the groups come and serve, and there'll be a, a, just a crowd, a surge of people on that night. And and your team will have already prepared for so many servings based on experience and how the numbers are running and so to speak just the logistics the everyday stuff of it and all of a sudden they'll just be will be overwhelmed there'll be people coming in front door side door back door banging on the door and we're like oh my what are we going to do is there an extra loaf of bread around I think we've got some peanut butter. And you know what? Sometimes that's what it is. We've got to do that. We've got to, you know, scurry around and pull things together. But I've got to tell you, time and again, we see the feeding of the 5,000 put into practice right in our, our midst. Somehow, someway, with all these people and just this little bit of food, there's not only everyone fed, but there's stuff left. Can I get an amen? amen. There's food left. There's resources left. I've seen this. People say, well, there's no way we're going to be able to serve that lasagna. to Everybody come in, have over 100 people there. And at the end of the night, trust me, the end of the night, they're putting one and sometimes two trays in the refrigerator. <laughs> God is good. And when folks see that, when they see that that's what we're trusting in, it, be, it plants a seed in their lives. When we say to them, look, We're going to invite those that have special needs, folks that are with walkers and wheelchairs and and, uh, just physical infirmities, we're going to invite them first. We're going to honor them. We're going to show them that they are not on the margins, just like Jesus did when he came and ministered. The Pharisees and the folks in their days had shoved folks who weren't able to help themselves to the margins of society and said, fend for yourself. If you were a widow or an orphan, you might as well just roll up into a ball and die. Because what they said said was, you're in that situation because you're a sinner. Because of the decisions you made. You're getting what God says you should get. And you're not getting any of mine. Oh, my word. How they had taken and twisted scripture. And Jesus came and he turned that upside down. He said, no, these folks are here. These folks are here. And you're always going to have them as an opportunity for you, the church, for those who are believers. Those who are followers of Jehovah. To minister to them in his place. And so we continue today. And so we invite those with special needs, and they come and we minister to them and we give them all the time they need and and assist them and get to their place. Then we invite those with small children. I remember when I was still in law enforcement, when I was a detective, and I'd be gone all the time. We had four little ones. We had four children within five years of one another. Yeah. I mean, one one was a twin. We lost a twin. God gave us five as the number. One got a head start. But my wife, I couldn't go to the mall with her. I was an undercover detective. I couldn't be seen at the mall with her because it would put my family in danger. We would go to the mall. I would drop her off at the exit. I would go park the car. I would walk all the way across the parking lot. And I would follow my family at a distance through the mall. She would have the double stroller. She'd have the two middle girls there. The baby she would have in a pack strapped on. And my son, who was the oldest, would kind of handle, grab the handles and stand on the little basket underneath and ride. And she would take all four of them. God bless moms. Amen? Amen? God bless moms. And so when moms come or dads and have little ones, we know that there's only so many hands. And we invite them to come and work their way through the line. And we'll make sure you get what you need. And we'll get you to your seat. And if your little ones spills something, it's okay. We'll grab them up. We'll clean it up. And then, while this is taking place, I've got all these folks who are used to struggling just to survive day by day, who are used to elbowing their way to the front of the line, and they're sitting in there and they're like, hold me back, Lamont. Right? Having a Fred Sanford moment. I know, that's just old stuff. it's It's okay. And they're watching. And they'll start, they'll start giving me some signs like, table five, table five tonight, Mike, table five. Right? And, I, and it's become a running joke. Folks will be sitting there, oh, your you car, table first tonight. And I'll say, okay, here it is, you know. Right? Because that's what they're used to in the world. You know what I tell them? I said, if you want to eat first, start praying now. Start praying now. Because God decides when you're going to eat. And sure enough, as we begin to pick the numbers out of the basket at random, just like bingo. Table five. <gasps> I had it happen the other night. Actually, it was table eight. Mark, it was table eight. Young lady said the same thing to me. She said, Oh, and I said, Start praying right now. Don't you know when I reached in that basket, first number was number eight? God's in all of it. He's in the big stuff and the little stuff. And when people see that, when they see us trusting God, when they see us not complaining, when they see us saying, well, you know what? I don't know how I'm going to get from here to here, but I know it's going to take one step at a time. Here I go, right? Remember Harrison Ford in the, the last crusade? They get to that to get to the Holy Grail, and the instruction says you've got to take this leap of faith. And it's like, well, this is a, you're going to fall down with it. But that's what it says. And if you believe the word... Then you'll take that step, and as soon as he took that step, all of a sudden it became clear that there was a a pathway there, wasn't it? Ooh, chills. I I love when the gospel sneaks into the popular media. I love when the gospel truth breaks through, whether folks even recognize it or not. I see it, and I know God sees it. He gets the glory. The way of the world is the selfless turned upside down. It's the selfish that people are used to. And when they come into contact with the body of Christ, we need to show them the opposite. We need to show them the selflessness of Christ. Now, even in the church, we see carnality because Jesus then turns to the host and he says, there's a lesson for you here. There's a lesson for the guest, yes, but there's a lesson for you as the host. And it's it's to move beyond the carnal to the spiritual, he says in twelve. When you make a dinner or a supper, don't call your friends, your brothers and sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee or invite you, and a recompense or a payback be made. See, that's what we think. Again, well, somebody did something for me. Well, they had us over for dinner, so we've got a plan of time. And you know what happens? What was something that was joyful when you received it now becomes an obligation. Now becomes a burden. And when we serve God out of obligation, when we serve him in that mindset, it becomes a burden. It becomes drudgery. It wears us down. And believe me, it does not please God. And we lose our blessing. I pastored a church for, for a number of years, a, a local assembly, and I would see it time and again that people who had been there, I'd been there for a couple years as the associate pastor, so I knew a lot of the folks and their families, and, and I saw folks that were serving, and I could see the folks that came in, and you could just see it almost their body language. You know, they would kind of drag themselves out of the car or the truck, and they'd get their bag with all their Sunday school materials or whatever they were going to do, and they would just kind of put on my smiley face hi boys and girls, and you know every, every step they were taking was, was painful because they had lost their joy. It had become an obligation. It had become a duty, and they didn't do it out of the love that once motivated them. And you know what else I found? I found that too many people were doing too many things. And if I, as the pastor, could help them take some of those burdens and share them and trust that there were other people that God wanted to raise up, that not only would the work get done, but they'd get blessed. I'm talking to the choir here. I know there's people here right now that are saying, Pastor, you don't know. Yes, I do. Because if you think it's bad for you one day a week feeling that burden, imagine what it's like for the pastor seven days a week. The struggle to keep that joy, to keep that love, to keep that connection with Christ and not let the the burdens of administration the burdens of, of opening yourself up and giving to folks constantly and getting so often so little back. It can become a weight, it can become an obligation, it can become a discouragement. And that's not what serving God ought to be. From the pulpit or the pew, it ought to be a joy. And when we start to to lose that joy, when that joy begins to leak out, we've got to stop and look at how we're doing. Jesus says to this man, he says, listen, I want you to stop and take a look at how you do things. I want you to invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. I want you to invite the people that you pass by every day and don't give second notice to. I want you to pay, I want you to invite the people that you've been taught perhaps who are there because of their sin, because of their own mistakes. Well, nobody told them they had to become an alcoholic. You know, they're just drug addicts. You know, they're just lazy. They don't want to work. They, they, they. I'm going to show you what God says in just a minute about us and them. But he says to this man, he says, these are the folks, if you're going to expend your riches, you want to be hospitable, then invite people who can't ever pay you back. You know, the, the King James uses the word charity for love in many passages. The passage in 1 Corinthians, maybe you had it read at your wedding ceremony. Faith, hope, and charity, these three are the greatest. The only thing that remains is charity. Listen, charity is a, is a word that's fallen on hard times. Charity is to us is kind of like, oh, well, you know, I would never accept charity. Well, you know, we give that to charity. What do we give? We give our rags and our junk. How many people have gone out and bought a new sofa and given it to charity? Well, that's stupid. That's exactly what Jesus said to this man. He said, next time you buy a sofa, take it right down and give it to a homeless man. Well, that's ridiculous. Is it? Because it's not about the stuff. It's about the consequences of your action and obedience born of God's love to those in need. Now, fortunately, all he asks us to do pretty much is put a crock pot of chili on and make sure it gets to the Paris Foundation in time to serve. We can handle that. We should. He says, those folks can't pay you back, but here's the consequence. You will be blessed. You'll be blessed. Do you know that God created us to be blessing machines and that as we bless, we are blessed not only in equal measure, but greater measure we become happier the more we do for others to try and make them happy every time we try to relieve someone else's suffering discomfort or discouragement we are encouraged we are lifted up nod your head if you've ever experienced that you've gone to visit someone who's sick or is shut in at the hospital you've gone to do something and just just a random act of kindness And you went away feeling more blessed. You came back feeling encouraged and strengthened and ready to go. That's how we were created. Hey, you know what? Science has caught up with that. All this DNA research and stuff and endorphins and all that. Science now tells us, tells us, right, we got this. Science now says, oh, by the way, uh, it's in our makeup that when we do good deeds, the endorphins fire, and it's a pleasurable experience for us. And you know what? I see people doing what appear to be good deeds all the time. And the endorphins aren't firing. Ain't nothing happening. Because they've they've dampened that spirit of God. They've they've taken on the weight of the world. And serving God has become an obligation. I've told people, I said, you're better off not doing anything for a while and getting your relationship with Christ back on. God will raise up somebody else to teach that class. God will raise up somebody else to serve in the nursery. And if he doesn't, then we're not supposed to be doing that right now. And that's a hard thing to tell to a congregation. Yeah, but well, my grandfather is the one that started that ministry. Uh, uh, you know, We couldn't possibly stop that. Well, we obviously needed it when your grandfather was obedient to the Lord. But maybe we don't need it. now. Maybe God wants us to do something else. And we're so blind to that because this is the way we do it. Has the world changed in the last 40 years? I hope you're not still wearing the same clothes you were wearing 40 years ago. Dun, 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 you know, platforms, bell bottoms. The worst fashion decade ever. Trust me, if you didn't live through the 70s, God bless you. Every time I see Titanite, I go, no! way of the world, sneaks into the church. That carnality sneaks into what we do. And we bring that mindset of the other six days in on our seventh day when we come to get there. And and it it just drags us down. We begin to serve God and what we do is we have the mindset, well, I've got to pay God back. God saved me. I owe him. Listen, if you could pay him back, you would have paid it up front and he wouldn't have had to go through what he did. That's why he came, because we can't pay it. We can't ever pay God back. And guess what? He doesn't want us to feel obligated. He wants us to love him as our Lord. When your kids do what you ask them to do, and they do it grudgingly, where's the blessing? Right? Well, it's like like pulling teeth to get little Johnny to clean up his room. You know, you can't believe how hard it is. I don't know why they won't put the dishes in the dishwasher. You know, right? Well, what happens when on their own, you come home and Johnny's room's clean? Or the kitchen's straightened up, the dishwasher's run, the laundry's folded. Who are you and where's my child? What have you done with them? Aliens. It gives us joy. And so what God wants us to do is get out of this pay it back mindset and get into a pay it forward mindset because God is the ultimate pay it forward person. We know in our heart of hearts that that's what God wants, but we struggle with it. We struggle with it. You know, what's interesting in the book of James, I have folks in my Sunday night Bible study who who literally cringe every time I I mention the book of James because it's so convicting. Interestingly, these kinds of issues had already crept into the church, this glorious church that was founded in Acts chapter 2 in Jerusalem, the wonderful work that they did, the selflessness, the giving, the sharing of resources, inviting strangers into their homes so that they could be discipled before they went back to their own communities, all of that. James chronologically is generally accepted as the first of the New Testament writings, probably written around, around AD 46, barely a decade and a few years after Christ returned to heaven. So, within 10 or 12 years, this mindset had already infected the church. People had already brought this pay it back mentality into the church. And so, the Holy Spirit, through James, says, Time out, get a grip. Were you not paying attention? I had you guys with me for three, three and a half years. Did you not get any of that? Well, let me write it down for you. And he says in James chapter two, he says, my brethren, he says, this is to the church, this is to us. Have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory with respect of persons. He says, don't show favoritism. And he uses an example. He says, for if there come into your assembly, a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, And you have respect to him or show favoritism to him that wears the fancy clothes. And you say to the poor, you sit over there or here. He says, are you not showing favoritism? Are you not showing partiality? He says, that's wrong. Are you not then partial in yourselves and become judges of evil thoughts? We make a value judgment on somebody by the way they look, by where they live by what they drive, who knows what else. And he says, we ought to see them as Christ sees them, one for whom Christ died, just like you and just like me. Think about it, Jesus says. Aren't the the rich ones, or Or he says through James, he says, you have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you? and draw you before the judgment seats? Are you making any money off the the oil prices that are being charged at the pump? Do you get a, a kickback from Exxon or Shell or anything? Do you get a check every month to say, hey, man, we're doing really good out there. Now, if you're a stockholder in one of those oil companies, maybe you get a dividend, but you're not making the big money. But those of us who are working, folks, we're the ones that Paying that $3, dollars three fifty a gallon for a while. Oh, yeah, we're all excited. It's under $3 a gallon. Hello, AARPers, what are we paying back in the 70s? Right? Even when we couldn't get gas, it was only a buck and a quarter. Right? Now, who's making the money off of that? But that's who we want to defend. We want to defend the rich man that draws us before the courts. See, that's what a lot of our folks that we minister to, that's all they see. When they see the system, they see people who are getting rich on their backs. They're seeing the uncaring caseworker or government employee, the bureaucrat, to whom they are just a number, just another, you know. Number 17, please stand behind the yellow line. Number 17, do you have your papers? Well, I got, do you have your papers? Go to the end of the line, Number 18. I mean, that's it. That's what people are used to getting. But when they come to the church, they're a person. It's John. It's Mary. It's Susie. It's Bob. That's how it ought to be. And we ought to be ministering on that personal level, just like Jesus came and ministered to me and to you when we received him as Savior. Already in the book of James, we see the problem. Jesus says, listen, that's not the way it's supposed to be, guys. Remember he told James and John, who wanted to sit on his right hand and his left? He said... If you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, you've got to be the servant of all. Start there. Everybody wants to start at the top, right? I got four twenty-somethings at home now. You know they all want a good job, meaning they want to get paid a lot and do very little. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I said, well, have you tried to? Yeah, but I want to do. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you just go ahead and be scrambling for pocket change to put gas in your car while you're waiting for that big, high-paying job, or you can go out and you can do what's available and start working your way up the ladder. I mean, I started collecting newspapers and, and soda bottles uh, when I was 11 so I could go to scout camp. If I wanted to go to camp, mom and dad said, okay, you got to do something for that. Now they could have sent me to camp. We weren't dirt poor. We were working class poor. But they said, no, you got to learn the way we learn. And that's what I did. Shame on me for spoiling my kids. Um, you know, I'll have to answer for that someday. But I'm still teaching. I'm still trying. The spiritual church... Knows that it's pay it forward that counts. Luke 18, we see the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector. I'll paraphrase it. How's my time, guys? Are we getting down to the end? Okay. There's so much here in this, in this passage and so many applications. Um, I just want to leave you with a couple of principles. Jesus tells a parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector who went up to the temple to pray in Luke 18. <clears throat> And he said, one was a Pharisee, the other a publican or tax collector. He says, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. Here's how the Pharisee prayed. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican, this tax collector. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Righteous dude church guy, and the tax collector, the publican, standing way off in the shadows, would not so much as lift up his eyes to heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Do you see the theme? Do you see the same teaching over and over again? And yet we have to learn it over and over again. Well, what happens when we pay it forward? I think we can all agree that that's God's plan for us, to pay it forward. Stop trying to pay God back and look for others that we can turn and pour what he's blessed us with and pour that into them. And then just trust it. Just trust him with that. See, as long as we have strings on it, we're not paying it forward. We're still holding on to it. Let it go. No, I'm not going to start singing. (laughs) No, no. What happens? Well, according to Luke 14, 14, we are blessed. We are blessed when we pay it forward. In Acts chapter 2, what's the result of paying it forward? That there is gladness, singleness of heart. There is unity in the body of Christ. When you serve together, you can't fuss about things. When you're out serving together in a common endeavor, there's no time to be fussing and fighting. And you're no mood to fuss and fight when you're serving together. Why? Because you're being blessed. Acts chapter 2, the church had favor with others. There was unity in the church and there was favor in the community. Isn't that what we want? Don't we want that for Haven Community Church? To have unity in the church and to be, have an impact in the community? That's what the name says. And in Acts chapter 4, that same church in Jerusalem that started off so well, We know that in chapter 4 that they had a powerful witness and great grace was upon them all. My wish for Haven Church, for the body of Christ, the church anywhere and everywhere, is that today we would experience, as we pay it forward, a powerful witness and even greater grace to do more for his glory. Because the bottom line is, Whose glory is it that we seek? Do we seek our own? Do we seek our own reputation as individuals or even as a congregation? Or do we seek his glory only? If we'll seek his glory and serve him by serving others and pay it forward. The Great Commission is all about paying it forward. He said to the the, the 12, he said, guys, he said, everything I've taught you, take it to the nations and teach them. That's paying it forward. Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2, Take what you've heard from me, teach it to faithful men who can then go on and teach others. That's paying it forward. That's the principle. That's the opportunity. But it's also the challenge for us to leave that pay it back mentality in the past. Leave it with our platforms and bell bottoms and move forward and pay it forward for God's glory only. Would you join me as we pray? Gracious Heavenly Father, Father, how we depend upon your grace. When we work in our own strength, the results are only as far as our strength can take us. But when we rely on you and your strength, when we look to you for your glory and your power only, and when we leave the results in your hands, we see so much take place, exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think is what you promise I pray, Father, for this church, for this community at this time to be a pay-it-forward congregation, that they would continue, Lord, what has already begun and that others would join in and others would see this opportunity and that they will set this community on fire for Jesus. For it's in that name only I pray, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless.
0: Michael, I thank you for coming this week. I really, I uh, know it touched me. It was one of those weeks that it's always awesome when, yeah, yeah, not only when your regular pastor you sit and you listen and it hits you, but when you know the guest speaker comes in and it's like, Phew. well, thanks for personally writing that. <laughs> must have been must have been following me around this week, but uh, that was great. Thank you. Uh, can we have a, uh, a couple of the? church members come up and pray with people if they need to uh i'd appreciate whoever, whoever. we're sing above all uh just uh and just let the music just kind of flow through your spirit here and connect with god let him guide you today and every day because that's what he's here for
2: Above all frowns, above all wonders the world has ever known, above all wealth and treasures of
0: y'all for coming today uh, thanks again for mike and i uh, hope y'all can come out the paris foundation tonight and uh serve god there just um let's just bow our heads for uh, uh going out prayer today lord jesus just uh watch over us uh today and every day of our lives but uh just just go with us today just take what we learned here today and let us use every word every feeling every every blessing in our in our life today that it touches everyone around us. We ask this in your name, amen.